What's going on, everyone? Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. Welcome back to Hit the Books, the premier sports gambling podcast where we bring you the latest news in the sports gambling world and to give you our opinions on how to bet it. I'm joined today by my fellow co-hosts, Michael Mackey and Alex Ace Ventura. No Jesse behind the glass this week as he is out in the Bahamas. But, gentlemen, we have officially reached the dog days of sports as the NBA and NHL have come to a wrap. But first, I'll hand things off over to Mackie. Mackie, how have things been with you, brother? Yeah, pretty good. No Jesse this week, so uh, Huff's taking on a heavy load this week. Um, doing a pretty good job to start, so um, not much going on. Ace, what's going on with you, my man? How, how are things up in the, the New England area? Going well up here, you know, it's getting hotter, but so are our picks on the MLB card. We've been crushing it as of late. I think we have like a 7-1 and one run going, something like that. And uh, personally having some success on the diamond as well. So love to see that as we get into that dog days of summer, like you said, and ready to talk some sports and some off-season moves as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have been doing really well on the MLB card. Uh, I know we were, Mackie, I think it was 7-1 and one in our last eight. And then last night we went 1-1. One and one, So is that 8-2 and two in our last 10? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Two, two straight days. I just want to make sure I was correct on that. With uh, no unit movement. I was going to say, yeah, we had the back-to-back days where we were hitting the minus play and then couldn't get the plus money play, and we were just having one-on-one, no unit movement nights. But um, can't complain, I guess, about not losing. But we have been on a roll, like you said, 8-2 and two in our last 10. So I uh, got two plays out tonight. I know the Braves are underway. I don't know what the score of that game is, but uh, that game will be underway as we were recording delayed. tonight. Oh, it's delayed? Yeah. So this this week, we are going to do our top three segment. It is going to be on our top three MLB jerseys. Current MLB jerseys, Ace had a good comment there. If it's current or all-time, uh, maybe we'll save all-time for another another segment here at some point. But uh, top three current MLB jerseys um, could be home, away, the City Connect, any of the alternates. Obviously, these teams have more than just two jerseys now. So um, any of the top three that you could see on any given day in the MLB, um, anyone want to start? Yeah, I, I could start. I got my three right here. Um, number three, I'm going to go the South Side with Chicago White Sox jerseys. Um, pretty dope. The the pinstripes and the uh, the the black the black behind it just looks pretty cool. I the love South those. Side is, is I pretty love tough as well. Um, number two, I'm going to go the Yankees pinstripes just because of uh, the meaning behind it, and how authentic <laughs> it is. Plus, I'm from New York, so it's pretty dope. Um, and the number one, I'm going to go the Texas Rangers, uh, like aqua ones, I guess, like light blue. Oh, yeah. Um, those are pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think so, at least. I didn't know where you were going with the Texas Rangers there. And then I was, and then you said the, the, the aqua blue one. I knew exactly the uniform you're talking about. Those yeah, are you know tough. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty yeah, tough. I, I, I like that. Top, I like that top three because uh, I love those White Sox jerseys. I obviously love the Yankees uniforms, as it was in my, I believe it was in my top three uniforms of all time in all sports. So I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I might have to leave that one out there. I, like I don't know. Do I want to put it in my top three here and in my top three of all time? I don't know. Oh, if yeah, I can you do have that. to at that point. I feel like I kind of have to. Yeah, like it's kind of my given one, but. Mackie, um, I, I thought that hey, you were uh, I thought you were a Mets fan, so shouldn't you hate the Yankees? No, I, I, you know what? I'm, a, I'm from New York. You got to root for the Yankees sometimes. Plus, it's way easier to go to Yankee games, so you got to cheer for them sometimes. But, um, yeah, obviously I'm a Mets fan. But Mets jerseys are, I don't, I don't, not a big fan of them. 
Ace, neither of our neither of our cities have two teams. I feel like it's so like weird to live in a city that has two teams. Like I would, I know I would. Like you'd be a fan of one and talk shit on the other. But like like a Mackey situation, if the Mets get losing the first round of the playoffs and the Met, and the Yankees are in the World Series, like I'm partying outside Yankee Stadium if they win the World mm-hmm. Series. Like I don't give a shit. They're in two different leagues too. Like in the NHL, you're not going to root for the Devils or Islanders because they're in your like yeah. they're in your division. We don't really clash with the Yankees, so I mean, why not root for them? Yeah, that's a good True. point. But it's like those the Jets, subways, I mean, Jets and Giants are kind of the same way. Those Subway series get pretty heated, though. Now, yeah, definitely. There's obviously still a big rivalry there. Um, Yan- or, or Yankee Stadium gets pretty rowdy, but um, I mean, more Mets fans like the Yankees, I think, than than Met- Yankee fans like the Mets. But um, it's just easier to hop on a Yankee bandwagon in New York. Before I get into my top three, just one quick anecdote: when I was at Yankee Stadium once, um sitting there watching the game. I think they were playing like the Ichiro Mariners and uh, some guy starts trying to do the wave. This old Italian Yankee looking fan turns around, looks at him and says, go back to Shea. I was like, yep, that makes sense right there. And that's the difference between a Yankees and a Mets fan. But no, I I don't know if that's too true, but I thought that was pretty funny. Um, No, that is pretty spot on. Right. I'll jump into my uh, three jerseys real quick. Um, Coming at number three, I'll go with a homer one. I'm going to go with those Red Sox red jerseys. Big fan of those. That red's very flashy. Kind of reminds me of Xander Bogarts in them, but he's not really on the team anymore. So got to look to Devers to really tear the tie with those. But yeah, I got to love the red with the the blue lettering. Um, Coming in at two, I'll go with those baby blue Cardinals jerseys. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen those two recently, but... Those are pretty steez. I think the Cardinals have a cool logo too um, with the bird on the jersey and writing out across the front. But the baby blue is definitely one of the top colors in my opinion. And then coming in at number one, I'm going to go with the Marlins again. I know I've done them on a different um, jersey rating before, but I'm going to go with the teal throwback that they're repping this year. It has that teal cap on top, pinstripes on the chest. I mean, just iconic. Reminds me of those Florida Marlins from like winning the World Series in 97, 03, years like that. But love seeing those, and uh, especially with some of those young arms they have coming up nowadays. Yeah, that's that's a solid one. I, I obviously, when, as soon as you said that Cardinals blue, I was when Mackie said the Rangers one, I was going to compare it to that Cardinals Same, one. Kind of the same thing, in my opinion. Um, same color scheme and everything. Yeah, Cardinals are just iconic with like the, the little red bird sitting on the, on the logo too. I mean, that's so clean. Uh, St. Louis, cool city too. A lot of cool players have gone there throughout our lives. Yadier Molina, who I idolized, and Albert Pujols as well. So definitely love those. But I thought the Marlins ones are just sick right now. Those are my favorite for sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, that's definitely a solid top three. And both you had ones that are in my top three. My my number three is the white Cardinals, just the normal home. I just like the all white with the Cardinals sitting on the bat. Like A said, that's a classic logo. Uh, I love that one. Number two is going to be the white Dodgers. Uh, I love the Dodgers, the red, white, and blue. That's a classic. Obviously, that's never going to change for a reason. And then number one is going to be the pinstripe Yankees. Uh, honorable mention, I do love the uh, the Pirates black jerseys. They were one of the best like away jerseys in the MLB, I think. Uh, the the black with the white pants, I love that look. But also, Mackie, those Southsider uh, Chicago White Sox jerseys, when they wear those with the the black hat, black jersey, black pant, black cleats, everything, like it, there's no other team that has a uniform like that. And uh, with the silver pinstripes, those are definitely some sick jerseys. So uh, that's my top three. One, Yankees. Two, Dodgers. And uh, three, Cardinals. Three, just classic franchises. Uh, three uniforms that haven't changed very much, if anything, uh, in the past however many years. Hoff, if, if the Buccos go back to those tall caps, you think they can crack your top three? 
the the what do you mean the pill boxes or the uh the you mean the round one yeah the no the one that came up higher i thought yeah 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 i don't know the the i do like the yellow jersey that's hanging on my wall back there that pirate jersey that they wore that for a couple years and then they kind of stopped with that um that was like a the 70s and 80s and then they brought that back as an alternate i loved that one but they don't wear it anymore so um that was always my favorite pirate jersey and i liked when the years that they did the black and red when we were like really young uh they had like the black and red and yellow jerseys but they kind of went away with the red so but we might as well just jump right into our mlb uh notes for this week and it has been announced that rick Woodfield, the oldest professional ballpark in the United States and former home of the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Leagues, will host a regular season game between the Cardinals and Giants on June 20th, 2024. So next year, just over, just under a year, obviously this is uh, June 22nd, 21st when we're recording this, so uh, just under a year away, two franchises on the uh, up and up. Obviously the Cardinals, not where they want to be in the standings, but um, I think that'll be a pretty entertaining game. Where's this game at? Birmingham? Um, who put this in here? Does anyone know anything more about this? Yeah, I put that in there. I mean, going to a classic site um, down in Alabama, obviously historic with the Negro Leagues and uh, those games back in the day. But you got to think these Cardinals are excited for this next year of baseball they got ahead of them. Obviously, they aren't performing up to their standards, but we've talked about it before when they're, they're playing the Cubs out in England um, in London in a few weeks. And then like, one year later, they get to take on uh, the Negro League Stadium as another historic site. So... If I'm on that team, if I'm if I'm Goldschmidt, if I'm Nolan Gorman, Nolan Arenado, um, I'm hyped to be a Cardinal right now. Yeah, that's that, that is a good point. That'll be it's definitely something to look forward to early on next year, mid uh, MLB season next year. So um, we'll get right into this next thing. We got Lance Lynn has set a White Sox record as uh, he recorded 16 strikeouts on Sunday against the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> I mean, he did that in a loss, too. How many innings did he, he go? Because that pitch count's got to go up. He lost like 5-1. That's a touch and yeah, tough if you've scene. got six, 16 Ks and you can't get some run support, I mean, they've been decent lately, too. Like, we've been taking the White Sox, and they... I mean, obviously, the Mariners, they're they're kind of on the downhill slide this year. They're not having their best start to the season, but, I mean, it's tough to lose a game when your pitcher gives you 16 Ks. Well, the tough thing is, I mean... Obviously, it's exciting news because who expects Lance Lynn to be spinning the ball like that nowadays, especially as an older veteran? But uh, Mackie and I touched on this a few weeks back, maybe even last week. That Mariners team strikes out at an astronomical rate. I mean, they're they're one of the highest teams in the league when it comes to strikeouts. Guys like Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, a lot of free swingers there. So, not surprising that the White Sox record record comes against this team. Yeah, if they're gonna, if it's gonna be a team to do, it's gonna be the Mariners. The Arizona Diamondbacks' stellar season is worth noting as they currently lead the NL West. Another notch to add to their belt is being the only team left that has not been shut out this season. I mean, what an accomplishment. Mackie, we've had them on the card how many days in a row now. I did that segment on the breaking news on them. We were talking about them before they took the lead of the, the West, and they just keep winning games, and they find themselves down, and they still battle back. It's nuts. I've been riding this Diamondbacks team since day one. They're they're so good and the value on them, even still today, like you can get them minus one ten again like against teams that are like fifteen games under five hundred. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean Corbin Carroll, obviously, 
the spark plug for that offense in the three hole, but they've been getting good pitching and good good production throughout the lineup. Catal Marte, um, Perdomo, a few other bats, Christian Walker um, heating up. It's nice to see. And guys like, who do they have on the mound? They have Merrill Kelly, I believe, Zach Gallen. Um, guys pitching well this year. They're minus 140 tomorrow against the Nationals. That's crazy to me. Like, that's just disrespect. I don't I don't really care who's who's pitching. It looks like we're already getting an early entry on our daily card. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is a good point. Cause that was like kind of like Baltimore when Baltimore was on that on that run a couple weeks ago. And Ace, I know you took them the other day against Tampa Bay. Would you get plus one fifty, something like that? So mm-hmm. those those teams, I I'm not saying they're similar, but the Diamondbacks, those teams, if you find those teams that they're not necessarily given the right price. Teams like the Diamondbacks, Orioles. If you ride those, I mean, all season you've been Mackie. You're going to be caking off this Diamondbacks team. All these yeah, young, I, I make up. All these I young, make up for the losses some uh, other places, but yeah, this team is definitely. <laughs> yeah, we can always find a, a good team to blow a lead. Just ask my Padres the last couple nights. But it's so surprising with these Diamondbacks and these Orioles how disrespectful they are on the books. But the odds makers must see these veteran teams that are leading divisions and have championships. Um, in their in their headlights, I mean, the Diamondbacks are taking out teams like the Padres and the and the Dodgers. Even the Giants were uh, once a formidable squad, and then the Orioles, like you have said, Hoff, they're taking on teams like the Rays and the Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox. I mean, not easy, but they're getting the job done, and we just definitely have to ride the wave while we can. Yeah, it Absolutely. is a long season. We can definitely. I mean, we're we're going to see them going on their uh, losing streaks as well. It's 162 game season. You're bound to go on a few losing streaks, but. I, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and another team that's on the up and up is the, although the Cincinnati Reds youth movement has spurred their recent success, they have finally welcomed back a familiar face as longtime star Joey Votto has returned to the lineup. Can this team push for a playoff run, maybe even win the NL Central? They've rattled off, I think it's now 10 straight 11. after today. 11 straight after today. So this team is rolling. Uh, I know I was talking to Jesse about getting a bet in on them to win the win the NL Central. I said that to you guys yesterday. If I can get anywhere around plus 400, I know I'm taking it. So um, I, I definitely have faith in this team. And a uh, team with a weak division, I, like I said, I think this Cubs team is very good. I don't have much faith in this Brewers team. But um, I think the Pirates, like I said, they hit their peak. I said that a couple weeks ago. I think I saw that we saw the last of their success, their little fun that they had to start this season. But I think it's a two-man race right now between the Cubs, or a three-man race between the Cubs, Cardinals, and Reds. I think the Brewers and Pirates, there's no value there at all. Yeah, this Reds team's been all over our card as well, and uh, you were talking about them winning that NL Central. They're already sitting atop that division with their 11th Street, and what's crazy is Hoff was at work and didn't get to get that one in on time, but... Uh, he saw it and he's like, oh, the Reds are down. He goes, actually, don't worry. They've been coming back every game this series. And what they do again, erase a 2 nothing deficit and end up covering the run line as well, which is crazy to see. Um, another team that's disrespected on the odds. The only thing that I have to worry about when looking at that central long shot future is has this team p- played its best baseball? Obviously, the young stars haven't yet, but this pitching staff hasn't been too great. These comeback wins, that's tough to do night in and night out for 162 games, so... We're going to have to keep our eyes on them, but they've been dynamite as of late. Power rankings for the week of uh, June 19th. We got the Rays at one, Braves at two, Orioles at three, Diamondbacks at four, and the Rangers at five. 
teams like the Giants, uh, Marlins, and Angels knocking on the door. It's crazy to hear those Marlins knocking on the door. I mean, they were supposed to be the doormat of the NL East, one of the most powerful divisions uh, in the league coming into the season. But the underperforming Mets, underperforming Phillies kind of paved the way for them. Guys like Jorge Soler having a resurgence down in Miami. Uh, MVP-type candidate year. Uh, you'll see him in the All-Star game. We'll get to that in a bit. But, I mean, they're going to be in there if they keep this up. That young pitching, like I said. But Diamondbacks, got to respect them leading the West. The Rays... We almost bounced them out of that top spot, but how do you look at that record? I mean, the sustained success is still there, and they had a good series against the Padres. I, t- I think they took that out in San Diego. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the Rays have been pretty safe the entire year in that one spot, and the Braves are really making a case at this point. Um, not enough yet to take it take it over, but I was pretty close to uh, just thinking about it for a little I said the same thing. I said it when I sent them. I said, I really want to put the Braves at one. Um, but like you said, the, the Rays have done nothing to prove that they're not still that top team. What's crazy is these these Braves, like obviously we know they can smash the ball. They lose a guy like Sean Murphy, one of the best hitting catchers in the league. Travis Dionard steps up off the bench, fills that role completely. They have Marcel Azuna. The depth is there. Matt Olson having a great campaign. But Ronald Acuna obviously playing great. But you go over to the pitching, and what's crazy is these young arms are, they've been terrific so far. They've called up guys like Dodd. Um, they've called up Smith Shorver, who's starting today. Um, another one that's escaping my mind right now. But they've had a lot of youth coming in, into their staff, and they've been holding their own. Um, so it kind of just breeds excellence going on this season because they still have Strider, Freed, Soroka, and uh, Morton. I mean, they have a lot of names on that team. Probably the best team in the NL. In my opinion, for sure, obviously, I, I, obviously they're there. I definitely, I definitely agree. They, I think they're the best team in the NL. Guys, somebody tweet or uh, commented on our tweet and said "fuck it" tailing and posted a screenshot of Guardians minus one and a half and Braves money line one nineteen to one four oh three. Let's go! It's fire. I parlayed it too. Got to rip it. All right, I'll parlay it too. <laughs> Shit, it started. And mine's already in. Go to odds on that. But no, these rankings are heating up. And you're going to see a lot of fluctuation throughout the year in the MLB because of there's just the way the league is. Like Mackie said, long season, hot and cold. But teams like those Raves and Rays and Braves, they've been there every week and they continue to be. Rangers, I have a feeling they're going to fall out. Diamondbacks, we're super high on them, but I think they're going to fall out. Um, Orioles, yet to be seen. The door's not closed on them yet either. But... Uh, the Astros are heating up. The Marlins are heating up. Um, Phillies are starting to play a bit be- better baseball. The Yankees uh, dropped. They got swept by the Sox. They kind of set them back, and they're getting pretty banged up. Tough scene, but a lot of these teams No, I'll tell you what. There's no AL Central team cracking that list. Weakest division. No, no, no shot. Shoot. Weakest division. We gave, the twins, we gave the Twins a chance at the beginning when we first started uh with the first week or first two weeks. But, did, we, uh, did we have the Twins on it? We had them in the five spot, and then I think we realized it was a bad decision right away. You know, you, you, you call <laughs> that... <laughs> Look at our Instagram. They were probably like 26 and 19. They were five games over. They were probably they were leading a division. Um, Sonny Gray was pitching at a Cy Young level. Joe Ryan was lights out. I mean, they, they have they have the pieces to be good, but that division's the weakest in baseball, and everybody's kind of flatlining. Um, yeah, the first one. What's cr- first one was Rays, Rays at one, Dodgers at two, Braves at three, Rangers at four, Twins at five. 
Dodgers at two. They're not even sniffing anymore. No, they could get back into that race. I wouldn't be surprised if a month from now or towards the all-star break. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're not that far behind though. I don't think they're top ten right now in the power rankings. Yeah, but they're they're so banged up. Guys like Julio Urias and Dustin May were like cornerstones of their staff are out and their their lights out. Um, I believe Max Muncy's hurt as well. Uh, they get they get healthy. They'll be good. Clayton Kershaw is pitching at an elite level. That's great to see. I don't know if you've been following that at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they're just not as good as they've been in the past years. My t- my opinion, one team that can skyrocket up these rankings, and we've had them on the card a lot lately as well, is those Angels. I think Mac, you had a stat the other day when we were talking about taking them. They were like ten and two in their last twelve or something crazy like that. But Otani's playing the best baseball in the league. MVP candidate, both pitching and hitting. He's he's up to the home run lead as well. It seems like he hits one every night. Last week we were looking, he was plus 340 to win the home run title. But uh, I'd keep my eyes on them and the Astros. I think they're going to rise soon. All right, so let's uh, shift our gears over to the All-Star game a bit. As we know, voting ends tomorrow night. So we definitely want to get our hit the books uh voice in there for the MLB. I've seen a lot of these Blue Jays fans kind of stuff in the ballot box and getting guys like Kevin Kiermaier and Dalton Varsho up there undeservedly. So we definitely want to make our picks here. Um, we'll let you guys list along as we go through. I'll start off with the first basemans here. Um, you guys just want to throw out some that you've been thinking that have been on, on the rise this season. I know in the AL, guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. come to mind. Anthony Rizzo, Andrew Vaughn playing well. If, if I had to look, I'd say Vladdy, even though he's not playing good base, like his best baseball, he's still playing solid for not anybody else. And it's a guy, it's one of the guys that you he, you just now want to see in the All Star game. I'd probably go the same pick, him or Rizzo. Yeah, I'm huge on the star power. I think Rizzo's a great pick as well, but I have another Yankee down the line who I think is going to crack my starting lineup, even though he's injured. But uh, we'll jump over to the NL with our first base pick. I think this one's a bit easier. Um, Matt Ol- Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman both playing great baseball. I mean, Freddie Freeman batting above 320 with 13 home runs and 46 RBIs. And meanwhile, Matt Olson has 21 home runs and 52 RBIs. That's pretty nuts. But Mackie, uh, I lean with you on Freddie there. Yeah, I definitely lean Freddie. Matt Olson's not a bad pick though. If you're gonna go that go that route, he's gonna be coming off the bench, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him there on All Star Game weekend, possibly in the home run derby. Either way. Um, jumping down to second base a bit. This is a tough position. Not too many. This is one of the lighter positions of the league. Not too too deep. Um, my pick is definitely. I, I I wonder if you guys have anybody off the top of your head for the AL because I know who the clear cut favorite is. I I don't know. Me not knowing the clear cut favorite, I have Brandon Lowe in fantasy. I'd probably go with him. He's been a stud for me in fantasy. Yeah, you'd think Altuve too. Asus. The leader, Marcus Semien. Remember not- that twenty seven game hit streak he had. Mark- Marcus yeah. Semien, yep. dude, he is raking right now. I forgot Absolutely he's having a yeah. season. Batting 277 with 10 home runs and 54 RBIs. He could be the reason, well, one of the main reasons that they're consistently in our top five power rankings. Um, yeah, definitely. We'll throw our vote there. Going over to that to the NL, I'll give you, I feel like this one should be pretty easy. Pretty similar Louis to, Arias. yeah, there it is, Mackie. You got it right on, on. I mean, he's batting 400. He has to be the starter in the All Star game. Yeah, hit the nail yeah. on the head. I I agree with you. Who else is batting even close to that? Nobody. So tough to see for guys like Nolan Gorman having a good campaign. 
Um, jumping down to third base, I already know who I'd pick personally. I'm an Albies guy. I like Albies too, but he definitely arrives. Yeah, it, you know those guys are going to be press. These guys we're talking about are going to be pressing for those uh, last vote and bench spots. But Louis is going to get the start. I think batting close to 400 or just above it. Um, jumping down to third base now for the AL. Any any names jump out to you guys that you would you would think about here? Maybe Matt Chapman. I was. I don't know. Is he even having that good of a season though? He's been. He's, he's been, been playing good. all right. He's, he's been playing all right. Blue, Ten home runs, thirty-five RBS. Two seventy. I mean, you can't complain with two seventy. I mean, he's getting the job done. Meanwhile, um, my pick would be a homer one in your opinion, but seventeen home runs, fifty-seven RBIs. My guy Rafael Devers definitely deserves to start there, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm my a Rafael guy. Completely. I like. I like Devers. But however, I he's on. He's on third base. One guy that you got to keep in mind: Jose Ramirez is always that guy. He's batting almost two ninety with eleven home runs and forty five RBIs. Definitely a valid candidate to get the start on that corner. Um, I'm gonna go with Devers there though for sure. And then on the National League side, I know who I'd go with. We were talking. I bet on him today, and they let us down. But uh, he'd probably be my pick out 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 in the NL. No. Yeah, they fucked us today. He hit a hit, Arenado. You going with exactly? Fifteen home runs, fifty RBIs, batting two seventy five. Huff. I mean, how do you, how do you not? But tough game. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's perennial all star. Um, they put up a fucking donut against the Nationals. Yeah, which is crazy. They had so many chances. The weather was so bad. The weather was so bad that was like you could tell it was affecting them. Miles Mikolas pitched, and Trevor Williams pitched for the Nats. Trevor Williams had a shutout. Yep. Against the Cardinals. Um, but jumping down to yeah. the shortstop position here, uh, I've I've like I know who everybody's going to pick, but I, I want to give an honorable mention to Wander Franco and um Bobby Witt Jr. Two young guys, like low twenties, having great campaigns, but in my opinion, it's gotta be uh Bobachat. Over a hundred hits. Both have Bo's having an incredible season. He, he, he's uh, up there with Louis Arias with uh, 100 hits already. Yep. Um, absolutely raking the ball. And he's he's a pretty sound defensive shortstop. Yeah, underperforming Blue Jays team in my opinion, but he's always stepping up to the plate. Currently sitting at 317 with 14 homers and 46 ribbies. I mean, that's, that's craziness. Um, jumping to the shortstop side in the NL, it's a bit tougher. Mackie, guys like Francisco Lindor and Xander Bogarts, um, underperforming Trey Turner as well. But I feel like one of the stars has to gain that spot. Lindor's stats aren't that bad. He's he's third in the NL in, in RBIs. His, his problem is he's batting 216. Yeah. It's either strikeout or he gets up in a good situation and he actually comes through. He's a pretty clutch player. But um yeah, there's definitely guys that are having better better campaigns this season than Lindor batting 216. Bogart's having a I, I would say he's having a bit of a disappointing season to start and his campaign in San Diego injury um, injury riddle for sure. Yeah, uh, that whole entire lineup is just underperforming. I don't know. They got to figure something out. But I, who would you who would you go with the starting shortstop here? Uh, in my own bracket, I went with Dansby Swanson. Give those Chicago Cubs a shout out. But he's only batting two sixty seven. He's thirty one RBIs. Not having the year that he should be having. No one is on that on that position. Matt McLean, very interesting shortstop, but he's not going to make it. And he's only had half of a half to really make a name for himself i guess we can go with your boy lindor here um orlando arcia obviously not a bad pick either he's batting 341 with six homers and 25 rbis and how do you not give the braves more all-stars right 
But I'm, I'm going to give the nod to Lindor just for the power he's supplying with 14 homers and 51 RBIs. Yeah, the RBIs are definitely carrying him this season, but I think he'll he'll pick up this slump uh, at the plate. All right, easy position here. AL catcher. Adley. Yeah. Who, who else? Yeah, definitely. Who else definitely. are you even thinking about here? Cal Raleigh playing well, but a few other guys we'll give a shout-out to. Sal Perez isn't playing too bad, but the Royals are terrible. Yeah, he's actually playing pretty well, especially for a catcher. Um, big disappointing season from Alejandro Kirk, but Adley Rutschman. The face of catchers now and probably for the next decade um, reminds me of like a young Buster Posey the way he's jumping onto the scene. Um, shifting over to the NL here uh, again, uh, another tough pick. My my favorite guy is Sean Murphy. I've been high on him all year, batting 290, 12 homers, 42 RBIs, but he's been injured of late. Lot, Will Smith, maybe a lot of people I like Will love Smith, Will Smith. Some of the Dodgers. Yeah, I was yeah. I mean, he bats. He he he. He's a good bat. I mean, his defensive play isn't the best. I think there's definitely guys out there that are better than him. But um, his his appearance at the plates are just so valuable, and that's that's hard to come by for a catcher. You don't see it often. Agreed. And he bats right in the heart of that Dodgers lineup. He's been a mainstay even during those World Series runs. Remember how effective he was? Um, still to this day. Uh, jumping down into the outfield now for the American League, uh, I'm eager to hear some names you guys just have just off the top of your head. No list here. Just off the top of my head, I'm definitely going to be missing guys, but um, I'm going to go Louis Robert, Louis Robert. I don't even know how he would say his first name. Um, Trout. And I don't know if you can throw Judge in there, but he's missed too many games. But he's, he, look at his stats still. I mean, he's just, he deserves it. Um, who am I missing? Who do you guys think? One that comes to I mind is like, me. I like Jordan. Yeah, a lot of people like him, but again, that injury problem. Same with Judge. I think if there's a last spot between you can Judge. DH Jordan. No, you're DHing the MVP. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but one name you guys are forgetting: Randy Rosarina, playing great on the best team in baseball. I have him. I have him picked as one of my three right now. I think he starts. My picks were Trout, Rosarina, and Judge. But you can't go wrong with Jordan either. He's one of the best players in baseball. Just the injuries just concern me. I think Robert's batting like 338. He's having a pretty good season. Yeah, no, he definitely is. But I just think how the way that the voting works too, I mean, yeah, two, Louis Robert batting 260 with 18 homers and 38 RBIs. Um, Julio Rodriguez not living up to standards in my opinion. Mike Trout, though, 15 home runs, 40 RBIs. Pretty similar to Louis Robert. Masataki Yoshida gonna get overlooked for sure but he's having a great season for the red sox worth every penny and people thought he was overpaid coming over from japan but he's batting 310 with eight homers 40 rbis um just about verdugo as well tough scene they're not gonna make it i'm gonna go with uh trout i'm gonna go with a rose arena and i'm gonna go with judge um unless you want to go jordan over trout here adalas garcia has Pretty good campaign himself, too. Yeah, big strikeout guy, big home run guy. He's an all or nothing like Lindor. Got the most RBIs in the AL, though, so that is crazy. Um, he comes up clutch. Yeah, he'll definitely make the team. All those we mentioned. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go with Mackey's decision here. I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take out Mike Trout. I'm gonna go Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, and Randy Rosarina. I think that's a good trio. Those guys have been playing great. Their teams are playing well. Um to Sucks because two of those guys aren't even in the lineups right now, which is crazy, right? And th- they haven't been out too long. No. Jump over the no, I'm, I'm not. I, I agree with your picks. I'm just saying it sucks that they're yeah, they probably won't be able to play. And hopefully, I they, they're back by then. But jumping over to the NL, 
Uh, this one's pretty easy. Who's the first ballot at our All-Star Game guy? He's leading the whole All-Star Game in votes already. Either? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna. That was that. I should have known that. Ronald Acuna. Batting three twenty-seven with fifteen Corbin Carroll forty-six RBS. Yep, Corbin Carroll lock rookie of the year. Also batting about 300, 16 and forty. My third pick would probably go to Mookie Betts. Kind of a homer pick. You could probably pick someone who's having a better campaign, but I feel like you can't really miss there. Um, any other third outfielder come to mind for you guys besides Mookie? You got Tatis right there as well. Tatis hitting 290 with 15 homers and 35 RBs. Dude, he's just so athletic watching him play. Like he can steal a bag at any point. That's that's my last pick right there. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be Fernando Tatis in a shortened season with the numbers he's put up is insane. And while the Padres themselves have been underwhelming, he has not been. He's done everything in his power to make that team what it is. So that's that's our All Star Game picks for for this year from Hit the Books. I mean, starting pitchers. Uh, I don't I don't have those votes on mine. Yeah, well, I don't have the votes for that. Think. But just if you were to go, I'd go with Spencer Strider and um, or Mark or Mark or Marcus Stroman. Strider's just been getting lit up recently. He had a good game the other day, but two games before he go, like fourteen in runs and two not. Two games. Hop, your buddy Mitch Keller as well having a great campaign, but it's the, the NL one's got to be Marcus Stroman. My opinion. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. And then coming, yeah, recent like his last seven games, he's been absolutely out of his mind. He's the best ERA um, in baseball. Yeah, it's in a two point two. No, he doesn't. Shane, Shane, Shane McClanahan does. Oh, in the NL, I must say, my bad. Yeah, and then Framber has two point two seven, and Stroman's two point two eight. I feel like McClanahan's the easy choice to open up for the AL, right? Yeah, yeah or Framber. Him and Framber are both having insane I love Framber Valdez, but it's, I think it's going to be McClanahan. Yeah, he's been the first to every big achievement. And, he, and he's in the best team in the league. That's what so. I'm saying. Like, yeah, but, there's there's another name we forgot to mention. Yandy Diaz from the Tampa Bay Rays probably going to get a look into the All-Star game as well. But Wanda Franco, you got to think some of these guys from the Braves and uh, the Rays are going to jump the scene with just the way their team's been playing. But like I said, those are those are our All Star Game picks. Definitely uh, make your voice heard if you can tomorrow before the voting closes. Then we'll have the last vote. Exciting time as well when the last vote comes out. We'll definitely get you that info as well. So, yeah, looking forward to this All Star Game in just over a month. Absolutely, and we will shift things over to the NFL, where Tyreek Hill recently stated that he wants to break the record this season, as he has his eyes set on two thousand plus yard total in the upcoming Dolphins season in such a tough division and with so many questions about the quarterback, can he get it done in Mike McDaniel's offense? Side note, Tyreek Hill is under investigation for battery and assault at some, I forget where it was, uh, like a, I forget where it was. It was some public place, but we'll see if he, what, what happens with that. But back to the first question, uh, Mackie, uh, it doesn't seem like you think he can get it done with Tua under center. Well, first of all, you can't get a 2,000-yard season with a six-game suspension, so he's got to deal with his legal charges first, and then he can talk about a 2,000-yard season. Second of all, this is just another player talking out of their ass for the season, buying to me. You're not going to have 2,000 yards, bro. Justin Jefferson didn't even do that last year, and you're not going to have a better season than him, especially with Tua. Um, 
And they have too many weapons for you to be. I was just gonna. I was waiting for someone to say they have too many weapons. Like you gotta get the Jalen Waddle the ball, Gasecki the ball. I think when they get that thousand yards, I I think he'll have a really good season. But I, I don't think he'll be having two thousand yards this season. No chance. You guys remember when he said he's gonna yards for receivers and team? Not, not with the extra game added in the huff. That's the thing you got to remember. The the other thing is true. Um, we have to just hope Tua Tagovailoa stays healthy. Obviously the. The assault charges, battery charges, like you got to be on the field, Tyreek. Like, what are you doing? In trouble again? You didn't learn your lesson the first time with your child. Um, hate to see it, but could be a huge blow to a team with lofty expectations coming into this season as he's their best player on that side of the ball. But I do think it could be possible if Tua can stay healthy. The way Mike McDaniels funnels the ball to his receivers. If you saw the way that Tua was playing with Tyreek, when they were both healthy and in their full swing, he would get like 13 catches a game. You guys remember I was riding that over on his reception prop every week. I mean, the when in his rack also, you give him just a short a short slant, he's taking it to the house and he's just chewing up yardage. I mean, yeah, he's that kind of player, but Tua already yeah. has CTE. He's not playing a full <laughs> season. That's all speculation. We got to hope for the best though. If Tua, pending Tua's health, if Tua plays a full season... I bet you he can do it because their run game is essentially the drag or slant route to Tyreek Hill. I like the optimism. Yards. You said you think Tyreek Hill two thousand yards this year, fully healthy, no legal charges. He plays all seventeen if games. Tua tag with Tua. Yeah, if Tua plays every game, yes. If everything works out perfectly, then he's saying yes. Tyreek can no, just, maybe just get two thousand yards. Injury free for his quarterback and himself. We're having Jesse clip this. This is gonna be this is gonna be on the video or a video. So, that that Dolphins team, I think they're the best team in the division actually on paper. So, but we'll see. Obviously, football's on not, paper. Oh, definitely not those football, stinky Patriots. Football's not played on paper. Oh, the Patriots aren't too bad. We'll yeah. see, Mackie. We'll see. <laughs> Patriots just lost their star corner. No, their star corner was picked in the draft this year in the first round. Oh, he's already jumping ship. He's, he's already, already off the Jack him. Jones parade. No, I like Jack Jones a lot, but Christian Gonzalez is supposed to be like him. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And after suffering a grueling injury to cut his season short following his Super Bowl MVP, wide receiver Cooper Cup has returned to the practice field and looks ready to go for the new campaign. Does his return stoke any fire of hopes for an L.A. team coming off a rough Super Bowl hangover? I'm gonna answer like Mac did. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't think that they have any anything left to get back to where they were, uh, meaning like championship contenders. I can see Cooper Cup having another stellar season, but I just don't think the team itself can get there, especially in that division. The Niners absolutely took over. How much does it suck that yeah. Cooper Cup plays on the LA Rams, the the shitty LA Rams now? Yeah, Matt Stafford just loves I his mean, all-time think- wide receivers. <laughs> I think the Rams just re-signed Sony Michelle, so you know they're they're running it back. They're they're bringing the gang back from the yeah, Super they're, Bowl. They're trying they're trying the same exact recipe twice. <laughs> is Matt Stafford's arms, Matt Stafford's arm still on his shoulder? I think that's more of a question than Cooper Cup returning from a terrible leg injury. Well, <laughs> you have to rely on it because they have five hundred million dollars invested in him. Here's a better question, I think, about this Cooper Cup topic, though. Can he return to form? He was considered top receiver over Devontae Adams in the Super Bowl MVP campaign, if not number two in the NFL. Do you think he can even return to top five status in the NFL? I think he can return to top one. Really? He Even last year when he played, he was still the best receiver in the league. 
Well, I, I genuinely believe that. I think Jefferson and Jamar Chase took steps forward while he was out, and they're getting better and haven't hit their peak yet. And I would just think maybe this injury, and Cooper Cup's not young. Let's not forget that. He's got to be knocked down a few pegs. I mean, I think Jamar and Justin got to be ahead of him. Right now, no, yeah. I mean, you're you're sitting 90, 90% of a season out, but um, so you can't put him at one right now, but I think that... I would not count him out at all. I think he's going to be slept on a little. People are going to forget what he did literally not even like a year ago. Yeah, agreed. I think he can slot back into probably like the fourth best receiver at best, but I think it might be a little bit of a slower progression, more so because of the team around him, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think he's kind of just happy with the situation. I mean, obviously, he's coming off an injury, but living in L.A., he's on the max deal or whatever, all the money he got. He got his Super Bowl, his Super Bowl MVP. Like, I would be like, this guy's got to get out of L.A. and go get a ring and go get on a team that's a contender because he's too good to be on a bad team. But, I mean, I think he got everything he was looking for. Now he's just happy to live in L.A. and play on the Rams, I feel like. He's a target hog, too, though. Think about him playing. What would he see, like 14 targets a game? All in the, and it's not his red zone. And it's not good division. His red zone. Like, other than the... Other than the other than the 49ers, like I mean, the Seahawks are aren't the easiest place to play in, but like they're not good. You get to play the Cardinals twice yeah. a year. You get to play the Seahawks twice a year. I mean, it's a divisional battle. Like the 49ers slip up games all the time, and I'm usually when you slip up games, it's inside your division. So like, if you can go one and one against the 49ers, there's a good chance you can go three and one against the Seahawks and Cardinals. Yeah, I'm eager to see if Sean McVay really is as good of a head coach as everybody dubbed him to be after that Super Bowl win. Um, it's a lot more telling when the chips are stacked against you than when everything's going well. Absolutely. All right. And now that we are in the full swing of the NFL offseason, we're going to start to take a look at positional rankings. Uh, going into this coming season today, we're going to hear everyone's top five quarterbacks heading into training camp. I'll definitely get us started off here. Uh, I put this question in. I've started this segment for the – for the summer, excited to get into it, have some good debate going. Um, I think we're all going to be consensus on the number one pick for quarterback, but from there it gets a little shaky. I like to shout out some of my Philly boys for uh, having this pre-pod conversation with me because uh, they really got my wheels going on Jalen Hurts, who I'm not as high on. But I'll start five to one. I'll give an honorable mention to someone who could be an X factor and even jump as high as number two after this season. Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's going to be outside of this top five, but. He has the potential and the ceiling to go above Joe Barrow, in my opinion, and get below Patrick Mahomes, but I'll jump right into it right here. Coming in at five after a great campaign with the Philadelphia Eagles, great team around him, great college career. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he fits balls in tight windows. He runs that read option. He plays perfectly in the Nick Sirianni's offense. Um, what more do you want from this guy? A lot of people have him higher up on his chart, but I think he might not be as high if he weren't on a great team, but I think still five is a very good number for a young quarterback there. Um, coming at four, a lot of people might hate this take, but I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. I still think he's one of the most explosive, tough, explosive, tough to cover offensive options in the league at quarterback. And he's one of the toughest guys to game plan against. I think he has the ability to beat almost anybody with his legs and his arms getting better and his weapons are too. Great coach up there in Baltimore as well. Um, three through one, don't need too much talk. I'm going to go Josh Allen. I know the turnovers are high. I know the playoff losses hurt, but he's still the third best quarterback in his, in the league. They're in their own league here, two and three. Um, Joe Barr at number two, who beats up on Josh Allen. He's the next Tom Brady-esque type quarterback. And what, what else more do you want from Joe Burr? Joe Cool, I mean, he's had a great great career so far, and I expect a lot more. I expect him to make some more Super Bowls as well. 
And then number one, obviously, the man, Patrick Mahomes. Um, what else more does there to say? Um, Hoff, you want to jump in here? Yes. So I'll give you my top five, and then I, I have a question for you at the end. So my five is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to put him there at number five. I understand the spot of him sliding in. Uh, you think that the, in the future he could be obviously number two, three, obviously right there next to Burrow, Mahomes, however you want to put it. Um, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence at five. Number four, I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I like Justin Herbert uh, as a quarterback. Definitely a guy that I'd want under center for my team. Um, not Hasn't had the best success in L.A. Obviously, we know their playoff success, but I think most of that, I was talking to a buddy the other day, I think most of that is more due to uh, their idiot head coach, Brandon Staley. I think he's uh, one of the three worst head coaches in the NFL and not setting Justin Herbert up for success. Uh, so I think, I think Justin Herbert's a number four. Um, just off pure base talent. Um, and then number three, I have the same top three as Ace. Allen three, Burrow two, Mahomes one for all the reasons Ace said. Not really much else to it. Um, but Ace, if Trevor Lawrence was on the Eagles last year, do you think they win the Super Bowl? It's funny. With that lead that they had. It's funny you say that because I said this I said this yesterday about Trevor Lawrence. I was saying, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence than Jalen Hurts? My buddy who's an Eagles fan. No way. No way. How do you say no to that? I mean, Trevor, I was gonna say, dude, I think, I think if he's on that Eagles team, like he already has a rank. I don't know if they win the ranks, so I think Patrick Mahomes suns him because Patrick. I Mahomes mean, yeah, is it, that it's much hard better. to be like, you know what I mean? But they had that lead at ha- it, what was it? What were they up at halftime? Like, I, I think it was, it was a, ten or thirteen, and then it was. It was but Mahomes was getting the ball back, so like, yeah. I mean, there's a huge what if, but I don't know. I, I think I'm definitely taking Trevor Lawrence over Jalen Hurts. It's, it's crazy to say because people have Jalen Hurts pegged as number two or three coming into this year, MVP can and all that. I think it's more so a product of the team around them, but this is a good point that my Philly friends did have about Jalen Hurts. I mean, if you look at skills and all of these off-the-field things, Lamar Jackson, um, Josh Allen, they're all better skilled than Jalen Hurts, but if you look at playing the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts is a better decision-maker than them, and he plays the game the right way, and he's winning football games, so... Tough to argue with that. Just, just something to throw out there. Every every quarterback I named is in the AFC. That's crazy. Yeah, it makes sense. Wait, you didn't say Jalen Hurts? I didn't put him in my top five. He's probably six. Get Herbert me. at four. I thought about I, going with Herbert. I, I genuinely, I, I cannot understand Herbert. I just can't. I, I, I he's never done anything to do and to, to prove. I'm giving him the Josh benefit Allen, of the doubt. Has Josh Allen? Yeah, I think yeah, he's won playoff games, <laughs> dude. Her, I'm telling you, Herbert, 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 Herbert's situation is game. more of a. Dude, Justin Herbert Staley called it. They needed to just tie, and they would have kicked yeah. the Steelers out of the playoffs. And Brandon Staley called a timeout, and the Raiders kicked a field goal for no reason to kick them yeah. out of the playoffs. That is not Justin Herbert. I agree with Huff. Huff. I agree with Huff. I think it's the coaching staff. Someone was saying this how to me you yesterday. Not, how are you? They thought that, that is so asinine. That well, is actually that crazy. Oh, that you're not blaming a starting quarterback for not winning back to back seasons. He had a 33 point lead this year. Yeah, my and buddy, you still lost. My buddy you said that. Do, and that's you a good can point. Do anything, anything. You do one thing right in the second half, and you are winning a playoff game. <laughs> Yet you didn't. And then you lose to Derek Carr and the fucking Raiders the year before when you're ten times better. You guys probably had top five odds to win the, the Super Bowl, and you lose to Derek Carr in a winner go home game. Yeah, I agree with Mackie there. That's a good point. I and mean, then you bought a thirty three point lead. That's why. That's why Herbert didn't crack my top five. But that's a good point. Like, if you're any good at quarterback, shouldn't you be able to at least 
control that win game uh, that's such a big lead at, at halftime. But I agree with Hopfier. I'm going to stick this one on the coach. I'm, the the tape is not out on Herbert. Herbert has the potential to jump Josh Allen. I think for that three. Dude, Brandon Staley's if he can win top three worst head coach in the NFL. Agreed. But if Justin Herbert could win football games, he could be top three definitely. But he can't. So you cannot put him in that conversation yet. He had that bang. But I'm going to rattle. He's hurt a lot last year too. Let me just, I'm just going to rattle off my top five real quick. I, we all have the same top three. I think it's pretty consensus. I i don't think that should even be a question. So it's really just a four and five spot. Um, four, I am going to go Jalen Hurts just because um, he got there. He got to the Super Bowl. He got an MVP. Um, he had a 14-3 season. He did everything that he needed to do. And um, if we're talking about best quarterbacks in the league right now, he's definitely four in my opinion. Um Five, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence as well. I would give it to Lamar, but he's just the injuries and the inconsistencies. I just can't put him there at this moment. But I just, I I don't, I don't really buy into Trevor Lawrence as much as all you guys do. He had a good end of the season last season. Yeah, I know the playoffs with a nine and eight record, I think, or maybe even, maybe it was 10 and seven. But um, I wouldn't, I, I would, I just wouldn't jump the gun on him quite yet. I think saying that he could be better than Joe Burrow is kind of crazy at, at least Half at of this how big he is. Half of it's yeah, truly how big he is. I, I understand the potential. I understand the ceiling. But what Joe Burrow has done in his ceiling. Oh, yeah. No, he, I didn't say. I didn't say that oh, I know. Burrow. Yeah. Mackie, but Mackie. what he's already proved. I'm, Ace, I'm not saying that you that you couldn't you couldn't be right. This could be a good take because a lot of people and a lot of analysts no, I didn't are have him, high I didn't have him in the top five. What? No, because you have Lamar. And I, oh, yeah, yeah. Which I get the Lamar case. But I just... I. Saying that he can have a higher ceiling than, than Joe Burrow at this point in both of their careers is uh I just don't see it. I don't saying I don't see how that's Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I, one thing my buddy told me, this is a good point to bring up. Um so you remember Joe Burrow before the Super Bowl run year, after his rookie year, people were like high on him. They thought he was gonna be good, but they weren't like super high on him. Um they didn't know yeah, how he tore his ACL his first season. Yeah, but but after it took him what then three years to get this, his third year he got to the Super Bowl. No, his second or his second, but right before the year of ACL. Yeah, so but going to that year though, he wasn't projected to be like number two right behind <laughs> Pat Mahomes. You know, like Josh Allen had that spot pretty clear cut. Um, Trevor Lawrence kind of out of that top five. I agree with you. He's like six or seven for me. Um, he's sitting right there. The stars aligned for Joe Burrow in that in that Super Bowl run. Everything came together. And I think this season could be the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. The stars are going to align. I think you have Calvin Ridley. You have Travis Etienne. You have Christian Kirk. You have Zay Jones. You have Evan Engram. And you want to know what's crazy? Those sound like good names on paper, but those guys did nothing before they played with Trevor Lawrence. And look at what he turned them into in his first NFL season. I'm not counting the Urban Meyer year. That was Trevor Lawrence's rookie year right there. And I think that they can turn it up a lot more. I think he has the potential to jump up to, yeah, Joe Burrow is tough to say he goes ahead of him. But to that two to four category, that second tier of quarterbacks just below Mahomes. Everything he's just said is how I feel about the Steelers and Kenny Pickett, but not to that degree that he's going to be number two in the league. Come on, I said I that, just you didn't hear the end of it. I said to the extent that he's not going to be number two or even top five in the league this year. No, he but he could, to be he could jump very, from he could jump from twenty three to like fourteen, twelve. Anyway. 
If he, he could if, be, he could arguably be a top ten quarterback by the end of next okay. season. That's my hot take. I don't agree. Okay, with that. no, that's that's possible. I don't think that that will ever happen, but that's yeah. definitely realistic. <laughs> like if he if he rattles off 11, 12 wins this season and he wins and he uh, wins that division, <laughs> yeah, definitely he's gonna it'll be thought about as a top ten quarterback. How good will his numbers have if to he be? Picks for, up the numbers. How good will his numbers but have to be for you to not say it's a it's a product of the team around them? Though, I'd say like. 32 touchdowns was under 15 interceptions and uh, and a 11 12 win season. I agree. I think Mac, you know is interesting um with tra- uh, it's 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 when you're like optimistic about it, it is a, it's a lot to ask and especially with a Steelers team that isn't the it's best. Just every quarter, every quarterback's year. done it in their second year, so like I have every reason to be. You think though? It's a, that's more of a recent trend. History shows that the sophomore slump hits quarterbacks hard. Look at Jalen Hurts. Is he mostly? I was gonna say Jalen Hurts. Look at all. I don't know. Look at a lot of history. Not not everybody's a Joe Burrow or Mahomes, but one thing I was talking going back to Trevor Lawrence real quick, Mackie. I think his I think his floor is Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I I wouldn't say that's a bad take. I I wouldn't, but you know you can't really say that about Dak, who's like in the middle of his career right now. You never know what the next seven years of his career could could look like. Well, I was gonna say what, but D- I mean, Dak Trevor been... Lawrence already has. Trevor Lawrence already has a playoff win. I think Dak has two in his career. So, um, he's halfway there. Yeah, I guess I get. I guess that's uh. That's fair to say. Yeah, just from like a play style perspective, in my opinion. But Dak, in my opinion, like you'd have to have you'd have to rattle off a, a bunch of winning seats. Dak doesn't have losing records. Yeah, no, he he's, he's a solid quarterback. Seasons. He's a he's a fringe perennial Pro Bowler. He's always in that conversation. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I'd say he's sitting around eight. Dak, maybe not, maybe nine. Yeah, you know who gets criminally underrated by all three of us right here is Aaron Rodgers. Um. Rightfully so, after his, his almost, missing the playoffs, but he's he's still good. I almost put him in my five. Surprised he didn't put Deshaun Watson there. Oh, he he has the potential <laughs> to be there. He, he shows up three and zero with three stint games. He's a top five quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, I mean another guy that's looking to make that jump. I don't think he's going to get there, but a lot of people are putting him up there. Uh, one of the more overhyped quarterbacks coming the year is Justin Fields, sitting in the low or low single digits. Did you say you're not high on him? No, I'm not high on him to be in the top five. Oh. I think he can play up to like the, the nine through twelve range, but people are pegging him way too high. I don't people were last year you were saying he wasn't an NFL quarterback, wasn't a starter. <laughs> like I think I think he's a top I think he's the top four running back in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson's in the top two and he's not two. Um, but no, Justin Mar Jackson throws the ball. Justin Fields, uh, regardless of how he plays the game, I feel like he's at least in the top. People are put if you looked at the rankings going this year, though, people have him at like eight, dude. I think he's probably between twelve and fifteen. Um He won three games last year. Yeah, def- I don't care what team you have. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. I agree. But it, I, if you looked at rankings, people have him way too high going into this year and for what? Potential, yeah, ceiling, true, yeah. But I he think has, his, he has high ceiling. His, I think that. his ceiling isn't top five though. Like Lawrence's ceiling outweighs his heavily. I think Fields' ceiling is like under Herbert still. I think his ceiling is definitely top five. He can crack top five in his ceiling. Two, he um, could do it. Hurts. Though. What about a healthy Tua Tagovailoa? No, pre pre any concussions, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just don't think 
he, the way he plays, he can't he can't play like he used to. He's definitely gonna have to get rid of balls a lot quicker. He's gonna play more timid. He cannot go down again. He literally came out and said, "You he already contemplated retiring." He's what? He's like 20, 25, 26 years old. He's probably like top. Yeah, not, he's probably like top ten in MVP rankings, though. Like future odds, he's probably top ten. Yeah, I don't know. But interesting, good list all around. Good list all around, boys. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that definitely is a hit. We'll definitely have to keep doing that week in and week out. So stay tuned for more of the NFL positional rankings we do uh, in the coming weeks. We will jump things over to the NHL uh, for a couple of brief points. Um, obviously, we saw the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup a few weeks ago, uh, being their first one, knocking them off of the list of the teams that have never won the Stanley Cup. Uh, we have a graphic here. Of the teams on this list, who would you say is the team uh, that will be the next to be removed from this list? I think the easy answer is definitely Florida. Um, they're there this year. They have the roster built for it. Um, they're a few games away. They're, they could definitely be back there. But um, two other picks that I think could definitely get there are the Ottawa Senators, if they add the right pieces in the next two, three, two, three maybe four years, um, and the Seattle Kraken. They're, we saw it this year. They were a pretty Love big that powerhouse pick. this Love year. Love that pick. Beat, beat the Avalanche in the first round. Uh, proved they could be there. Phil Grubauer had a pretty good playoff run. Um, yeah, so I, I like that team as well. I think that they can go on a run in the playoffs in the next few years. Yeah, Mackie, with that Seattle Kraken pick, yeah, I just want to touch on the Kraken first off before I, we even get into our picks. But the way that you can set yourself up as an expansion team, like you can plan out your next five, ten-year course and you should be able to get into cup contention like right away in that window, in my opinion. The young team with that's up and up, Matty Beniers, like leading the way. Um, don't they have Shane Wright as well, or is that the Canadian? They do have Shane. Yeah, Wright. they do. Yeah, they, they do. Even though he's a bust, but like, um, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like they have the young pieces, and you can mold your team perfectly. You're not really under any cap restrictions as a young team, so. I definitely like that crack and pick right there. And they'd definitely be following the NHL script of expansion teams. I have the I have that same top three. And one another one coming out of the West that wouldn't surprise me is the the Minnesota Wild, I feel like are always there in that in that division that there's not too many great teams, that central division. Uh the Wild are always sticking around in the first and second round of the playoffs. If they had a couple of pieces, I know last year they were talking about unloading guys like Greenway and like a lot of their depth pieces, because I knew they could get a lot for them, but I'd love to see the Wild make a run here, but that's just always a team that I never really had any, like the Penguins and Wild never really had any rivalry there in the West. Like That's always a team I thought was a pretty cool team to root for and uh, definitely one I'd root for. But Mackie, the three that you said are probably the the three answers I'd go with, but the Wild would definitely be my fourth. If I had to Kirill. pick two East, two West, it would be Florida, Ottawa, Minnesota, Seattle. Kirill has like seven points in three playoff ser- series. He's not performing in, in the playoffs at all. And you having a star player like that, you need him to step up big time. And they also Wilders. don't have much around him yet. I feel like that team is like a bunch of depth. Like, yeah, they're pretty good in the regular there. season, dude. They they sit around a hundred points year in year out. They're such a it's such a hard place to play. Like their fans get so into it. Like I feel like it's a really hard place to play in the NHL. Like no matter on any given night. Like I feel like Minnesota is not an easy place to go play. On that list, they definitely deserve a cup the most. But Mackie, that's a great point about Kirill Kaprizov with the points because I never even would have thought of that. But uh, one thing that makes me think, he's pretty banged up towards the end of every season that he's played in the NHL so far. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that that team definitely deserves a cup the most out of everybody on the list. 
But hear me out. I would say so too. Hear me out on my takes. I think that the Kraken definitely, like, I'd, I'd look at that one. Mackey's right with the Panthers being the easy answer. But I think the teams like the Panthers, um, the Sharks, and the Predators missed their window. They've been in the cup within the last 10 years and blew it. I think one team that can beat both. You you, know, you guys know what I'm going to say that we're both sleeping on. And maybe not this year, not Buffalo next year. Sabres. Yep. But a few years from now, that Buffalo Sabres we're team all, is growing. It's growing. We're all we're all looking at that logo, wanting to say it. We just none of us said it. Cage Thompson. I'll throw Tuck. a fifth one. And there, there's so many teams on here. I was like, I'll throw the Wild in there to make it two East, two West. Because yeah. I do think Ottawa's on the on the on the budding of like being a really good team because they have so many young pieces. I thought so too, but that Ottawa just throws me off. Their goaltending and there's like ownership changes, defense. And then now they, did you guys see they want to move on from Debrinket after just bringing him in after one season? That makes no sense to me. He's one of the best players on your team. I know you have guys up and down the lineup with youth, but you want to be relevant. I feel like they can get a lot for him. Why would, why would they not keep that core together? They were, they were towards the end of the season, they were in a playoff hunt. They, they were, Two points out with like two games to go. Yeah, agree. Um, they're right there. They all they got to do is get into that wild card spot. We saw what the Panthers could do with it. Well, yeah, I I'm gonna go with the the Sabers. I don't think they when I don't think any of these expansion teams run anytime soon because I think that the Kraken and the the Sabers window is three to six years from now. Um, but I think Tage Thompson could definitely uh, powerhouse this team on a run, especially when these Eastern powerhouses get old older. I should say. Yeah, you two are like an ancient. Yeah, right. That's all right, Matthew. Maybe you guys. No, I don't want to hear maybe about the Cubs. Need... I don't want to no, hear I about said, the no, Cubs. No, I'm gonna say maybe you guys will be good in the playoffs when you're ancient. Because obviously <laughs> the no, youth isn't doing we'll, too well. We'll never be good. Yeah, you just gotta get the whole team to shave their heads like the bread man. Dude, what? Well, watch him come back with a ring on his finger now. Okay. <laughs> What's he going to get a mood ring down at the dollar store? Vibes bad. All right, and we will shift things over to the golf world real quick where we had the U.S. Open this past week. We saw Wyndham Clark win the 2023 U.S. Open, uh, which was his first career win on the PGA Tour uh, this past weekend at Los Angeles Country Club, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, and Ricky Fowler rounded out the top five. Um, I know I was watching this. I didn't have a bet on it going into the weekend. I did end up live betting. <clears throat> excuse me. I did end up live betting uh, Wyndham Clark and uh, Ricky Fowler on Sunday. I got Ricky, I think, right around f- – or yeah, you're right, Rory. Sorry. I got uh, Wyndham at plus 150 and Rory at plus 120. Uh, so I was just looking for some nice profit there, and they ended up being the top two. Uh, Wyndham at plus 150 was a nice hit, but um, I didn't end up taking Rory. I, I did just initially take it, and then I kind of like second-guessed it. I was like, fuck it, that's good value. I'm going to go back and do it, so glad I did. Uh, that was a great, great Sunday of golf. Uh, I don't know if you guys were watching it or if you were watching that Yankees-Red Sox game, but um, Mackie, I think you were watching it. Me and you were talking about it. Ace, were you watching the golf on Sunday? I was watching it earlier, and then you're right. I literally watched Yankees-Red Sox doubleheader Sunday. I mean, that's pretty cool. Can't beat that in my opinion, but that golf tournament definitely. Uh, the U.S. Open went well. I was watching it early on. I had, I had some long shots, light money on Scheffler and Cameron Smith, who ended up pretty high on the rankings, but they couldn't crack. I mean, Wyndham and Rory were like falling away the whole time, though. No? Yeah, it, 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 people had every reason to think that Wyndham Clark was going to blow it because I mean he's never won before. Um, I, I know my our buddy Sam that's been on here before to talk golf. He or to talk golf, he was saying. 
Uh, no, he texts me, no chance Wyndham Clark wins this thing. There's really good value on Rory and Ricky right now. Um, I literally was, I, I, 10 minutes before he texted me that I'd already bet Wyndham Clark and Rory. And I was like, I did, I like the guys sitting there right now. And uh, Ricky Fowler, he's, he's been known to fade off on Sundays. And I didn't love Rory to win it because he chokes a lot too and did it again. But, um, he, he was sitting right there. He was playing good golf. He just couldn't get a birdie on Sunday other than the first hole of his round on Sunday. But um, he was just playing par golf, and uh, he needed to get one more as he lost by a stroke. I think uh, Wyndham Clark was minus 10, and Rory was minus 9. So, um, But it was definitely a, a great U.S. Open. Obviously, there was people complaining about the ticket stuff. With uh, There wasn't that many people there because they sold half of the tickets to the to the members of the LA Country Club, and it's obviously like one of the richest country clubs in the world, sitting on like an eight billion dollar piece of land in the middle be- middle of Beverly Hills. But what um, what's crazy about that actually? They what? don't put they don't pay a lot of property tax. It's like a thing that they like grandfathered in. Uh-huh. Um, so they're paying like two hundred twenty thousand dollars for that entire course on property taxes. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's like they, they found like they, a they said it's worth eight billion dollars where it's at. Yeah, they, they, they don't accept any um, famous people. Yeah, if you have, like, press or paparazzi associated, do you, like, no, we don't want your money. You, you don't, you're not allowed to, t- you're not allowed to take a phone call unless you're in the fo- phone booth that they have, like, one in the locker room or something. Um, you can't take your phone out of your car or something like that. You can't t- take your shoes off in the parking lot. It's like, you can't wear shorts. Insane, the rules that they have here. Yeah, I'll just go to the waste management one. Yeah, when you can just throw beer everywhere when someone makes a nice shot. We do got to go to that next year. At least in the next few years. If you can't make it this year, I, I got to yeah. get over there. Yeah, we got to do that. That'd be so much fun. And we will shift things back over to the NBA where we had a big-time trade. The Washington Wizards have agreed to trade Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and multiple multiple second-round picks, and as well as pick swaps, Beal will join Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as the NBA's newest big three. I will hand things off over to Phoenix Suns' biggest fan, Michael Mackey. What do you think about Phoenix Suns coming into next year? Are they going to take down the Dem- defending champion, the Denver Nuggets? I can't talk. Yeah, they have uh, Dwight Howard and Jeremy Lin on their bench as well. Um, how <laughs> How is this... How are they picking up this contract? They have like two $50 million contracts. And then I heard they can only more. afford it for one year. Ace, was it you that said that? Yeah, I believe with the new salaries coming out um, and the caps in the NBA, I don't think they'll be able to retain all three of their big three um, going into the next season. So I think it would just be a one-year thing. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for this. I want to see what they would do. I think that this is... I, I so that I heard about Beal going to Miami, and I didn't think it was going to be enough down there. I think it would just be um, another scoring piece when they kind of just need an all-around player. But this is a this is a very good addition for the Phoenix Suns. I think he fits pretty well. Uh, this is what, exactly what they need. They need another piece like that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see the depth and the and the and the uh, the role players outside of these four and the, and the ball distribution. Um, Beal wants the ball in his hands, and you have Devin Booker and, Ke- and Kevin Durant on the team, one with DeAndre and. Uh, there's only one ball to go around, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team. But uh, obviously, the star power is there. They could go far. I think it's another type of Brooklyn Nets situation. They might win a few rounds, but I don't. I don't see this working out for the Phoenix Suns. I, I think it's going to work out pretty well. I still project them to finish in the top two or three, probably two um, in the West next year in the regular season. I agree with Max. There's not enough basketballs to go around, but 
when you have Beal, Booker, and Durant on the court with Aiton, and then they have a good bench as well. I mean, that team is going to put up wins, and they're going to put up a lot of buckets night in and night out. So what? No, they they have like the worst bench in the league. Well, they have some they have some good depth around it. They got to move on from it. I thought they had some good pieces. Let me pull it up. They they literally when they got Kevin Durant, they had to get rid of basically their entire bench, which is why they, in my opinion, didn't go deep in the playoffs. And now you're getting. Uh, Bradley Beal, so it's it's just giving you less money to give away at, to your role players. I they, they they have to be signing like league minimums for at least like three or four of their guys. Hey, Smack, do they still have Cam Johnson? Uh, or was he a part of that trade? Cam I think he was a part of the trade. Oh yeah, he was Malik or McCall Bridges. Uh, what's his face just left too? Cameron, um, who just oh, oh Andrew Shamet just left too. Yeah, he was a part of this trade. But yeah, I'm not. I'm no, not I big on tell you. I, I mean, obviously, I, I, we got, it, I, got, it, I got it right here. Yeah. I got it right here. They have guys like, uh, yeah, the, the Jay Crowder, maybe Landry Shamit, Bezmek, Bam. No, they just got rid of campaign. They just they don't even have Shamet anymore. So they have Bismack Biombo, campaign, <laughs> T.J. Warren. <laughs> T.J. Warren was a demon in the bubble. Tory Craig. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. You like this, like when you don't <laughs> you're have backing up your point. No, yeah, you're not name. wrong. You're not wrong. You you got me there, but I do think it, it will attract it will attract guys to sign at those league minimums, kind of like Absolutely. Dwight Howard going to the Lakers. Um, I still project them to finish. You know, they'll the, make moves at the deadline. They're too. still going to finish top two in the West next year. You can clip that if if they all play consistently. We've seen these types of teams. A lot of players take off. Load management is a hobby in the NBA. Do you think they're a better team with Bradley Beal than they were in these playoffs? Yes, thousand percent. Uh, yeah, so I think I think they shoot up the rankings uh, further than they were last year. But uh, good move out west. I still project them to be in the hunt with the Nuggets and uh, the Lakers. A few other teams out there like the Kings, Warriors, and Grizz. Mm-hmm. And here we go. We'll move back to the East with the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma declined his $13 million player option with the Wizards. Where the play, where could the former Laker end up as NBA's free agency looks to be hot this summer? Obviously, Kuzma, uh, it, I don't know. Did, how, how good of a year did he have last year? The Wizards were just so bad. I was never watching Wizards games. So, like, I don't know much about him. We'll get into Kuz- this Porzingis trade in a little bit. Like, I don't know too much about, like, Kuzma and Porzingis. Who- Kuzma's, I, I feel like Kuzma's very lucky the way that he came into the league with Lonzo and the publicity and just kind of making his name a lot more known than it should be. But Kuzma, he's he's not, I don't... He's going to get overpaid really by somebody. Just because yeah. of, I don't know, man. I mean, he's not a very good basketball player. I'm not high on Kyle Kuzma at all. He's kind of went door... I've, I've heard maybe three words of uh, Kyle Kuzma since he's left the Lakers. He's just, I don't know, I feel like he's only relevant because of those, those first two seasons. If he, if he knew yeah. how to take a pay cut, he'd be a good piece on that Suns team. I don't even like him as a piece on that Suns team, to be honest. I mean, that's a good point. Like, if he wanted to play a bench role, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't. He'll go play for a bad team. Uh, another guy that's interesting to talk about, Hoff, I think we got a next point coming about Colin Sexton, another young rising star. Yeah, the, and the Utah Jazz have made budding NBA star Colin Sexton available via trade. Uh, do you think the market is open for this sniping guard? Mm, I think I think there is. I think someone like the Celtics. We're going to get into that Porzingis trade. You lose you lose someone like Brogdon. What if you brought in someone like Sexton? 
I would like that. I would really like that. You say that that's a really good fit for him in Boston. It depends what you have to give up for him, though. Two completely different play styles, but I do like that that move. Brogdon wasn't really the move for that offense. No. Um, bring Colin Sexton in a flashy little uh, pitbull, I guess you can call him, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I like that play. Nice outside, I like Colin nice outside jumper, too. He would fit well on a team like the Lakers as well. A team that wants to win right now that needs another guy who can get buckets on his own when your top guys aren't on the floor, that would be a good piece to go after. I won't yeah, take as, absolutely. I wouldn't take as many assets as you'd think either. Um, I, th- I I don't think I don't think he's worth a lot right now to be honest. I think he's worth a lot less than what he should be. Big buy low candidate for sure. Definitely. And we already kind of touched on this one. The Boston Celtics are working on a deal to acquire Kristaps Porzingis from the Wizards in a three-team trade. The trade would send Malcolm Brogdon guard to the Clippers. I, I, from what it how do you feel about this? From what it seems like, it's basically done. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've, but, I mean, it's pretty much. I I love that. I mean, Porzingis. You, you tell me, like a few years ago, like the Celtics were going to add him, and for not that giving up that much, that's pretty crazy. But they could have used another big forward who can shoot as well and get buckets. That would have helped a lot. And you you see guys like Grant Williams out there in crunch time. Get that guy off the floor. Give me Chris Tapps Porzingis every time. Um. And like we were saying with Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Malcolm Grogdon, he's he's a good player, definitely. But I think his value is higher than it should be right now. And he's not as great of a fit for that Celtics offense as a sniper, a pit bull, like Matthew was saying, someone like Colin Sexton, a guy who can get shoot from the outside that would fit that uh, Celtics uh, needs better than Brogdon. So I think this is just a great move. Upgrade your... Uh, your front court, and uh, hopefully they can find someone else. And I think they're going to be pretty aggressive this offseason, the Celtics. I think Jalen Brown stays. Yeah. I think Jalen Brown stays, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. That He's in talks of leaving right now. Yeah, he's always in talks of leaving, though, huh? Like every year. No, but I think with this trade, with this three-team trade, he could be involved. I don't think he'd be involved. The hall would be much bigger. I don't know. We'll see. It'd be cool to see him stick around. Yeah. See if they can do it one more time. But, like, am I wrong, though? Why is Grant Williams playing big minutes in, like, fourth quarter playoff games? Like, what? Give me Chris Apps Brazilians, dude. My favorite Grant Williams moment of all time is when he said, I'm going to hit both of them. And then he missed both the free throws. Yeah, that was, like, two two years ago. That was the first time they played the Heat in Game 7 with this team, I think. He said, he said, I'm going to hit both of them and then break them both. Yeah. How do you do that? You're in the NBA, bro. Hit a free throw. He also woke up a sleeping giant or a sleeping beast with Jimmy Butler in the most recent series. So definitely. Yeah, Grant, like you, you were not the one on the Celtics to be starting shit with Jimmy Butler. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you single-handedly lost that series. Yeah, but no, I like this move by the Celtics. I like the way they're going. Shake up the roster a bit while keep your core pieces intact. Exactly how I would do it, so. Got to see how this summer plays out, though. Like I said, they're going to be aggressive and change up that roster enough as they think this is their window. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll definitely touch on that in the coming weeks. I think that is going to do it for us, though. Do you guys got anything else? No, definitely check out our daily cards. Uh, Mackie's uh, posting our records the other day. I think we were plus six units. So, like we said, we've been on fire. We've got the MB- MLB news. We're going to give you winning picks and uh, look for some good ones to close out this week. Absolutely. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Follow us everywhere on social medias. Um, We'll see you guys next week.